Welcome to the Voice of Fandom Podcast. The one place where you, yes, you, you, the viewer, the fan gets to connect and interact live with the host and talk about your favorite sports team, athlete, or game of the week. And speaking of host, he's straight up, straight to the point. And with a mic in his hand, he lets you know he don't give a sh. Former pro wrestler and your host, Kingston Robinson. Let's go! Yeah, boy! Oh, man, it seems like it has been some tender feelings out there. It seems like... I hit one of those buttons and you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that type of person. I am not the one to poke the bear. I'm not one to press the button just to press it. I'm also not one just to say things or do things for clout. That's not my thing. That's not what I do. But boy, oh boy, Tuesday, Tuesday, I seem to upset some people. So let's, let's get right into it. It's December 10th, 2020, the year of all kinds of ridiculous things and now we're here to uh let's 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 just dive in like a good dessert what up y'all uh so tuesday tuesday i said some things and what's funny is that i don't even think those things were even heard <laughs> you know for the most part i i put out my normal uh, post-show advertisement once it got uh posted on you know your spotify your apple music all all the all the outlets that you can listen to your podcast uh i put in my advertisement i i just simply put a not even a quote it was just a comparison that i made on tuesday and it was talking about how the steelers and the jets are almost the same team the only thing that separates them is their head coach. Now, boy, I mean, I guess we're back to the feud against Steelers fans, and now we're just ramping it back up now. Now, I did not say this because they lost. I did not say this because of any recency bias or anything like that, because I know that's what a lot of people wanted to go to. A lot of people wanted to go to, wow, they lost one game, and all of a sudden, you're calling them the Giants. No, I meant the Jets, which Giants would actually be a compliment because they can actually run the football, even without Saquon Barkley. That That's not why I made the comparison. I sat down, and I used my nifty football apps and the subscriptions that are had and all those things, and I did my film watching, and I pulled up the all 22 footage and I'm looking around and typically I don't dive in to uh, schemes and formations and things like that on, on here because I want this to be more of a casual sports podcast. I don't want to talk over people's heads. I don't want to sit here and tell you the difference between uh, a three, four and a four, three and the difference between a dime and the nickel package and the difference between when a you know a corner is is shading the route under and he's supposed to be a, a cloud underneath and not drop back so far. I don't want to sit here and talk about that. There's so many other places you can go to to hear that. I want to sit here and have a casual conversation. So I I watch all 22 footage just for me. I do that just for me, just to be able to 
understand more football because I love football. I love the sport. So I'm watching the Jets all 22 only because the Jets are one of those teams that have some talented players, but since they're on the Jets, if they go out to the free market or if they're used for trades, it won't be at such a high price point. And that's why I watch their footage to see who can be stolen from the Jets to come to the Chiefs in the next year or so. The only reason why. And I'm watching this footage, and it has nothing to do with the formations. It has nothing to do with uh, play calling or anything like that. I'm just looking at the play. And I'm like, this, this team reminds me of someone, and I can't figure out why or who it is. But this team reminds me of another team. And I'm watching, and I'm watching, and I'm like, they get decent edge rush. They get penetration through the middle almost on a consistent basis because uh, Quentin Williams is a fucking monster. Probably their best athlete on the team. Out of the entire team, that's probably their best athlete. They run the ball here or there. Uh, Sam Darnold is a big body, can, uh, can move like a martyr train. And uh, his passes aren't really that accurate this season. He sometimes holds on to the ball too long. He averages 50 to 60% completion rating. Mm, his average yards per game has gone down. Uh, he suffers when they can't run the ball, and that's pretty much every other game. Huh. Hmm. It's almost like I'm not talking about Sam Darnold anymore. It's almost like I'm talking about the guy that's averaging 50 to 60% a game, sometimes a smooth 70. Mm, most of his yards come after just bullshit drives or drives where he forces it down the field. They later go three and out, and they don't even score off of it anyways. And, uh... They can't run the ball, so he can't thrive off the play action like he used to. Ben's play action and 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 <laughs> and pump game used to be what got his receivers wide open. You're worried about Le'Veon Bell. You're worried about James Conner. You're worried about the running backs that are in the backfield. Play action, ouch. Okay, linebackers sink in a little bit. Now they're about a step step and a half behind. Then Ben does one of his good <clears throat> good pumps. Shit, now you're about two steps behind because you went for a jump or you went to try to read the quarterback eyes and get there. Now somebody's wide open. No one's buying that shit anymore. You can't run the ball. So play action's dead. You just can't. Plus, the Steelers have this odd thing of they're usually when you want to do play action. I guess we'll get into plays a little bit right now, but usually. When you, when you get into play action, you get into formations that look like run formations. The whole point of play action is to fool the defense into thinking you're going to run the ball. And then with a good sell job and a clean transition, ball goes in and out of the running back's hands. 
you fooled your 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 linebackers or you fooled your secondary and you're able to allow your wide receivers to get a step or two so someone will be open. It's the whole purpose of it. But when you have play action formations that look nothing like your running formations, who are you fooling? Especially when you can't run the ball. Now, I've spoke on several occasions about how Bill Belichick can coach his way to victories no matter who's on the field. And I've said Cam Newton has not done a great job at quarterback. He has not been the reason why the Patriots have won football games. It's been Bill Belichick. That's obvious. And if you don't know that, then don't come in my DMs arguing with me because you're going to sound stupid. Mike Tomlin has done that exact same thing with the Steelers team because he did it last year. He had a carousel of quarterbacks between uh, Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges and that whole fiasco that happened. They still went 8-8 eight and eight and could have their victory away or a win loss from another team away from squeaking into the playoffs. Now you're going to, I mean, come on, you, you can't, you can't deny that Mike Tomlin is literally the reason why we are here having this discussion right now. It's not because of Ben. It's not because of Juju or James Washington or uh, fucking James Connor or Bud Dupree or TJ Watt or is, is not. They're having decent years. Yes, but it's not their performance. Is not good. The consistent drop passes are not good. And everybody wants to say, well, the only reason why the Steelers lost against the Washington football team is because the Steelers beat themselves. Okay, fucking great. But I'm not going to sit here and buy into this. Everyone hates the Steelers. I wish people would cheer for their own team to win and not cheer for us to lose. No, fuck all that. Because last year, when everyone was so tired of the Mahomes train, that same energy wasn't there. Or even this year, when we have had, since week five, a quote-unquote lesser superior record than you, it was, I can't believe the media is talking about the Chiefs so much when we're undefeated. I thought y'all were the humble, we don't care about records. We don't care about this. We just care about winning football games. We're, we're extension of Mike Tomlin. We're here. We don't care about not having a bye week. We don't care about having a short week. Now, all of a sudden, it's we were tired. Our schedule's been moved. James Conner's out. We've had this many starters out. What's, what's going on? And yeah, I'm going to get off a little bit real quick because what happens is that it's all it's all good and it's all well and it's all fucking we're the strong man and confetti when you're winning. But when you struggle against Dallas, when you struggle against Washington and lose against Washington, when you struggle against these teams that are not good, it exposes you. And I'm I'm tired of hearing the uh what the same argument of Oh, we using the schedule as your ammo of saying we're not that good is is a uh, is a bad representation of an argument 
because we can only play who's on our schedule. And the Chiefs also have a very easy schedule as well. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I get that. I get that. And I use the schedule thing for a while because the reason why I use the schedule is not because, oh, uh, you beat this team and that team and they're below 500, so you're not a good team. No, that's not what I was saying. I was saying by your strength of performance and how you played football against that team, you have not proven to me that you are a good football team. When the Dallas Cowboys were on their third-string quarterback, third-string quarterback, the AAF MVP, no Dak Prescott, no Andy Dalton, and he took y'all to the brim of competition. That's when I say, mm, this team doesn't seem that good because you were okay. When you played the Ravens on Wednesday afternoon football and they had no one, no Lamar Jackson, no Mark Ingram, no J.K. Dobbins, no, come on. And you struggled through that game. And they once again got to their third string quarterback you are out of your mind if you think the reason why people saying your schedule shows that you're a weak team you are blinded and you have been sold on a team that is not good because you you were so quick to use the well we didn't make the schedule we just win games and then what did I say last week? Washington is going to be one of the first times you meet a competent quarterback with a football IQ that is higher than all of the quarterbacks you have faced. Now you're going to find some trouble. Oh, and you're also going against one of the top defenses in the league? Which you would think, you would think your offense is used to playing against because they're playing against themselves in practice. That's not the case. I don't want to hear I'm tired. I don't want to hear we missed our bye week. I don't want to hear we have players out because every single week when another team uses that excuse, you all say that's just part of the game. You all say Mike Tomlin says we don't care. So use that. There's something about being on, on cruise control that everyone everyone has experienced it in life. When you're when you're very good at something, there's a time in your life where you found yourself on cruise control. Whether if it was school, whether if it was a video game, whether if it was in the gym, a sport, whatever it may be. When you're really good, there's a point in time where you go on cruise control. And there there's always another point in time where you get woken up. You either lose a big game, you fail a test, you're playing a video game, you lose a level just out of nowhere. And it, and it happens just like that. It's out of nowhere because you expect it. You're on cruise control. You have two options after that. And that's either, oh, yo, what the fuck happened? Hey, let's figure this out and we can get back to our shit. Or you break the fuck down 
because it's the first time that you've failed, lost at anything that you knew you were very, very good at. That is what is going to be on full display, prime time, on Sunday when the Steelers play the, the Buffalo Bills. We will see what the Steelers team is after their first loss. We will see what the Steelers team is against a pretty competent team. Do I believe in Josh Allen? I do not. Not like I would believe in Alex Smith. Josh Allen takes a few more risks. He turns the ball over a good bit. But he can run. He can throw. His team is coming together. This is a game where on prime time, you will see what the Steelers will do now that they've been jammed out of cruise control. There's no more excuses. There is no more, oh, I don't mind that we lost now because it was to Alex Smith and to Ron Rivera. Stop. Stop with the consolation prizes. Stop with the bullshit excuses because you're not that franchise, remember? You're not that football team, remember? These were all the things you shit on other teams after you beat them. And now I'm hearing it from the black and yellow. And if you thought me comparing you to the Jets was bad, I was being nice. Because all I said was due to play style, they look exactly the same. If anything, it was a compliment to Mike Tomlin and the fact that if he were not there, this football team would look like the New York Jets. Big Ben would look like an old-ass man for no reason. James Conner would be getting stuffed behind the line. Juju would be completing 54% of the passes that are thrown to him. Oh, wait, that's already fucking happening. And yet, and yet, <laughs> they've been winning football games. So don't, don't, don't sit here and come in my DMs. Don't sit here and write on my timeline. Because I had a Steelers fan hit me up angry. And one of the new like sports football groups that I've been getting into, I'm try trying to reach out to a lot more of these groups so we can, you know, spread out together and, and cross promote and do all these things. Hit me up furious. I can't believe. You would say we're like the Jets. I bleed black and yellow. My coach is the, all this kind of shit. Then he actually went, and this is what I wanted people to do. He actually went and listened to the full episode on Tuesday. By the end of that, he messages me back. He's like, well, I mean, I can't be that bad because, you know, the things that you said weren't actually, they actually weren't wrong. I know. I don't say things for your reaction. I know I'm, I'm not, or as I was told I am now, the new Skip Bayless. No, that's not me. I'm just a guy behind a microphone that will tell you the truth. And unfortunately, the truth hurts more than the bullshit you hear out there. And that's why when you listen to sports media, you listen to the ones that side with you.
So, yeah, you're going to listen to the Pro Steelers Sports Network. You're going to listen to the broadcasts that say the Steelers are the most dominant team in the AFC when they're not. It's actually, it's not even close that they're the most dominant team. And I'm not even going to say that the Chiefs are in that conversation. But there are teams like, lo and behold, for some fucking reason, the Browns. There's a team with a guy that (laughs) used to be named King Henry, but when he finds the right boots, the Titans are a team to worry about. There are teams that are better than the Steelers. Don't lose on Sunday. And this is probably the first time on this podcast I'm telling the Steelers not to lose. Don't lose. Do not lose on Sunday. Because if you do, if you lose to an AFC team and you open up the number one seed to the Chiefs, not only will you have to deal with that, but then you'll have to deal with the fact that the Browns are right behind you in the AFC North. I am trying my best (laughs) to, to literally sit here and and try to comprehend the mindset of some of you. Because Tuesday, I talked about a Twitter timeline feed that I saw, and it was, A, <laughs> it don't matter when this game's been moved, we're going to go out here and win. A, it don't matter what time, what day it is, we're going to go out here and win halfway through the game. Uh, we ain't playing that good, but we still winning. That's all that matters. Third quarter. Damn, we tired. You realize we just played, right? End of the game. Well, fuck it. We lost, but that don't matter because we were tired. Our schedule's been moved. This is the shit that blows my mind. And that's not just from one person. So please, 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 please win this game. Because I am already, in one week, I am already tired of hearing excuses from the black and yellow. I am already over it because y'all saw me put Steelers and Jets in the same sentence and got so triggered. You would have believed I would have brought up a case that your quarterback may be fighting or something. I didn't mean to bring up all the shit. That's not me. But come on, all I did was tell you the truth. But the truth is the hardest pill to swallow. So let's get, <laughs> let's get into week 14 of football. Matter of fact, no, no, we can't even jump into that yet because we got to talk about what happened uh, on Tuesday. Tuesday night football, we got Cowboys Ravens. Now, I, I'm going to be real with you guys. It has gotten to the point for me, since these games have been all mixed around, you know, doubleheaders on Mondays and then Tuesday games, sometimes Wednesday games. Uh, Tuesday games have actually been more frequent. Uh, Then, of course, we have Thursday night football and then, uh, you know, football on Sunday. Uh, I know sooner or later we're going to get that weekend. I think it's not week 14. It'll probably be, I think it's week 15 where we'll have Saturday games. 
Uh, so we'll have Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. I, to this point, I feel like we're getting to that point where the NBA was, where there was just a game every day. That's what it feels like right now. And it's, I don't want to say it's getting exhausting because I'm trying to appreciate it as much as possible because we didn't even know we were going to get this season. We didn't even know how this season was going to go. And so far we're right here and I'm not too mad at it. It's just a lot of football. When you watch football like I do and like some of the people that I know, we don't just watch one game. You know, we don't just watch our team's game and then that's it. Um, or we don't just watch our divisional games. No, I watch my team's game and I watch every single game that happens. Maybe not live, but by the time I do either of these episodes, I've watched every single game that has happened. Shit, it's a lot. So, especially when there's a lot of terrible football going on. <laughs> so, Cowboys-Ravens, uh, this, this was what we thought it was going to be. Right. Um, it seems like the only team that really struggles against uh, the Cowboys is the Steelers <laughs> with their third string quarterback. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But uh, Lamar, they tried to glorify his stat line. But I mean, it. come on, this is just. This is actually Lamar being Lamar for the first time, probably this season, which is odd. Um, but this was the the most Lamar uh, that we saw. And it, it was nice to see it, I guess. It, it was nice to, uh, I guess, uh, see Lamar and what he's supposed to be. There was no, like, COVID... Uh, Talent drain, whatever you could call it. Uh, but 12 for 17, 70%. This is the funny thing. People people were putting this stat out like it was fire. Oh, 12 for 17, 70%. 107 yards passing and two touchdowns. Okay. Oh, let me bring back the right voice. Okay. <laughs> Are you serious? Like... I mean, I'm not comparing him to other quarterbacks in the league, but 107 yards through the entire game, like, I'm I'm happy you guys have a running game. And I'm happy that you faced a team where they just let the run happen. Like, you don't have to throw. You don't have to rely on Lamar Jackson. And in games where you don't have to rely on Lamar Jackson, you win. It's not hard. But when you look at your completion percentage, and you go down the list, you only win, you only win when, you know, you have the entire, not just a little bit, the entire run game. Look at his completion percentage since week one, 80%, 75%. Cool. Both dubs. Then you get 53%, 66%, 51%, 59%, 40%, 46%. Like, Jesus, it's bad. And on one of his best days, when you go 80, 82% completion, nine for 23, you lost. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But hey, I'm, I'm just a guy, right? 
but yeah, this game was what it was. Uh, Dallas, I mean, they have Andy Dalton right now starting at, at quarterback. Um, I thought Andy Dalton as a backup would have been a serviceable, serviceable move before Dak Prescott uh, got hurt for the entire rest of the season because I'm thinking if Andy Dalton has to come in for a week 16, 17 game, if he has to come in for a game because of COVID or because of a, uh, a uh, minor injury, things of that nature, that's fine. Andy Dalton is a serviceable quarterback. And then uh, the injury to Dak happens, and I'm like, oh, well, Andy Dalton's going to have to really step the fuck up. And then, you know, he gets hurt, and you see the team just doesn't care. Um, and then, you know, they got a few tight games here, a lucky win there, and then it's like, Oh, maybe they can rejuvenate. No, the Cowboys are they're done. They're dead. That's it. And it's crazy because this this is the most nationally televised team in the league. This is quote unquote America's team. This is a team that no matter what kind of football fan you are, you have probably watched more Cowboys games than other games, at least growing up, because they were always on television. And you either grew to love them or hate them. And if you met their fans, you more than likely hate them. <laughs> that's, that's just being honest. That, that is how that is. And, I mean, Ravens fans, most of you, you're not far behind. Because, <laughs> fuck, y'all can be annoying too. So, 34-17. Um, I, the offense still looked hella predictable, um, but I guess they just gave the shot to uh, Lamar Jackson a little more than um, making him throw the shots, which is a very good move. Also, uh, the move of having Mark Ingram in more than J.K. Dobbins is absolutely baffling to me. And plus, since I have J.K. in fucking uh, fantasy, that kind of pissed me off, but I squeaked out a win in both leagues. Which puts me at the number one seed in both leagues. Which, you know what's going on. I am going to take every every fantasy league that I'm in right now. We'll, we'll see what goes on in the playoffs. You, you never know. Fantasy playoffs are a fucking joke sometimes. Uh, so, uh, actually, you know what? Not going to lie. We're going to go on a break. Uh, and then we're going to dive into... All of week 14, uh, we're going to get that going. And then we'll hit some news and possibly call it a day. This may be a short guy this week only because there there hasn't been too much that's happened. There's been some media things here and there, um, you know, with <laughs> Pete Carroll kind of throwing Russell Wilson under the bus, uh, the fiasco that's going on in Philadelphia as Jalen Hurts gets named the starting quarterback. Uh, against the Saints, which could be a possible sabotaging move. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, and then also, you know, just random things around the league. Uh, Brian Flores says that he wishes he could have 14 people on defense against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's not the first time we've heard that this year. So we'll dive into all that bullshit uh, right after this break. Yes, sir. Let's get it. 
Just grab the cup and get like me. We ballin', ballin', sippin' on the MJ, and I'm leanin' like MJ. Shout out to Kenny, man. Lyrical Gina, them all mofos. Scale, that's a logo. LT, that be the name. Entertainment, that's my ammo. Order a bottle of XO, pump PDA. Oh, I love that life going hard all night in the club. No fights, just me and the fam in the mood, just right. Drinks are right now, I'm wasted. Shots of patrol now, I'm faded. Got the whole team with me, plus couple downs, and I can't change it. Lights showing all around the place. My eyes can focus, I'm trippy. But I'm having a real good time. You feel like I feel that you can bear with me. Yeah, I know my name. And I know the sound is insane. And the club is going ridiculous, going ish. Hell yeah, it's jumping, no trampoline, no spring hurdles. It's on the night. This is a pre-game club and after party anthem. We don't stop, pop that, don't stop. Pop that, pop that, stand this. Set for a double cup, go ahead and take a sip. And wake up the next morning with the thoughts of saying this. All I know, all I know, all I know, all I know, all I know. All I know. We gon' have a party And you know my situation Go to sleep, wake up, do it all again Same thing, new day, new clothes, new spot This routine here will never end And the only reason I do it Is to show you you can have fun with life I grind hard and shine hard Every day, why not party hard all night? You only live once, so you gotta push hard for that dream Before somebody knocks you off Handle your business and then you will witness Your work will pay off, you can do what you want So now I'm starting I'm getting money My fam is with me This life is lovely Step for a double cup Go ahead and take a sip And wake up the next morning with the Teddy P. That's me. They call them the Blues Brothers. You can't name a better duo. If you say you made us, then my nigga come bring me two more. I'm wrestling the streets and that Chevy look like a sumo. I do business in the hood. White t-shirt with a suit on. I'm not hearing all you niggas. Somebody done turned the mute on. I'm not fearing all you niggas. That AK will make you too tall. The whole team wore already. I just put my other boot on. I'm out green on these niggas. It's something make me want to do wrong. I'm a veteran better than whoever step in the ring. So why the heck would these justice want to come step to the king? See, I'm the best with the lectures. You got to prep for these things. I try to tell them and press them. Then let's get left with the green. See, I put money in this shit. So my investment is key. So if ain't no money involved, then don't send no message to me. See, I'm only fucking with bosses. All you peasants can leave. And don't touch the rims on my Impala 73. The second part of the story is kind of crazy and sad. By the nappy head, the boy with talent out of his hand. They took me to the Chevy Shack. And although it wasn't the cleanest, they played me his music. I said, this boy singing, I was trapping and banging, we swore oath to each other, never leave one of us hanging, they call us Tango and Cash, how we be getting that cash, you leave a bitch around his brother, she get mangled and smashed, 200 on the dash, on the 
foreign car in Florida. It's safe to say them nappy boys is back Mortimer. If I'm a team, he see me. If I'm a rifle, he rent me. And you the bitch running across the campus, ain't even see me. You boys trying to ride the wave, we a ocean, nigga. You can add auto too, we got motion, nigga. Field mob, outcast, we the closest, nigga. When it comes to that rapping and singing, we the dopest, nigga. Blues. Hey, let's 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 get up. Let's get up right now. Let's get up. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got a lot going on right now. We got a lot going on. Shout out my boy, the real LT. Shout out my boy. But we we I'm sorry, I came in hot. I came in ready to roll because because I just saw the video. It was just announced. That Travis Kelsey is now a 99 in motherfucking Madden. Let's get it. The best tight end in the game. Pat Mahomes just announced he just surprised his boy. He said, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Could you imagine having, <laughs> having Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey both at 99s on your team and Madden? And then I know sooner than later, sooner than later, Tyreek Hill going to be a 99 too. But, but, but there's so many new Chiefs players on Mad now that like, if you, if you use the Chiefs people now, just quit off right rib. Like they see it and they're probably like the fucking Colts or the Browns or the Texans. And they're like, nah, I'm out. Fucking bullshit. I've been, <laughs> I've been using, <laughs> I've been using the fucking Chiefs since what was my first man game? I think it was John Madden 98 on Sega Genesis. Pretty sure that was the first man game I ever owned. And I mean, I didn't own it. My father owned it. And that was the first one that I played. So that's that. But yeah, shout out to the boy, Zeus, Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the league. And you know what? Because of that, we are actually going to go in reverse order. You know, usually I leave the Chiefs game last. We're going to jump right into that bitch now. Chiefs Dolphins, Sunday at one o'clock. Y'all know who I got, but I don't say it. We just gonna talk about it. So Brian Flores mentioned that, um, you know, he got asked, "How do you how do you cover Tyree Kill?" Now let's let's really think about this. Brian Flores was a part of the defensive staff that played against Mahomes in in a uh, twenty eighteen and beat him both times. Uh, one time in the regular season, then one time in the uh, AFC championship game. He was part of the team that stuffed Mahomes to nothing for quite some time. Until Mahomes started becoming what we know him as now uh, in the second half of the game. And, well, we know how this story has played out. So Brian Flores has plenty of experience of knowing um, how, how to really, you know, make, move and shift this shit around. Now he said, well, it's not about just covering Tyreek Hill. How do you cover Sammy Watkins? How do you cover Travis Kelsey? How do you cover Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards and Lair and, and, and all these players, which he's right. Then he caps off the quote with saying, I wish I could have 15 defenders on the field, but I do, I, I can't, uh, or 14. I think I just said 15. So this lets you know the mindset of a defensively, you know, superior head coach. Um, even when he has played this quarterback before, 
He even said that even though he won the MVP that year, he is a better quarterback this year, which is a fact. No, he may not throw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards, but he's on pace to become very close with a way lower, way lower interception ratio. This year, it's only two interceptions, which at this point, anytime that I'm watching Mahomes on tape or live, I, I see when I see Mahomes throw a very dangerous ball or I see him throw like right to a defender. I know there's a flag on the field. I know that he would not just throw the ball in harm's way like that unless he was confident enough to know that either the play was coming back or someone messed up on their route. It was like when uh, Demarcus Robinson didn't cut back on his route. Um, instead, he went to the inside um, and the ball was thrown on a spot like it was thrown before he made that cut. He saw the defender fall down and he threw it right to the spot of where D-Rob should be. And he cut the wrong direction and it led to a pick. I, I, I wanted to be like, yo, Mahomes, what the fuck are you doing? And then as I'm looking at it, I'm like, no, oh, that, that wasn't even on him. That was on Demarcus Robinson just doing whatever the hell he wanted. It's one of those times. But this is going to be a fun matchup. Um, this is the second best defense in the league in the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they do very well at bringing pressure. Now, the theme of this year against Mahomes has been, what do you do on coverage against him? Because if you blitz him, he has one of the best against the blitz ratings in the league. If you throw a whole bunch of coverage at him and you play zone, well, then, you know, he can wait around or dance around or move around inside or outside of the pocket until someone with the IQ of Sammy Watkins or, or Travis Kelsey, you know, finds a hole in the zone, it sits down and waits for him to see, makes the read and throws. So it is very difficult to mix and blend coverages to fake Mahomes out or fake this entire offense out. That's just how this game goes. Uh, so the Miami Dolphins are going to have to do a nice mix of both. They're going to have to be able to rush with four. They're going to have to be able to drop plenty in coverage and hope that they actually decide to throw the ball. Because what could happen with Le'Veon Bell healthy, with Clyde coming back healthy. I know he was activated last week and everybody was like, well, why isn't he touching the field? I think that was just a, a mental chess game. Um, from the Chiefs, because you see that Clyde is active and you see that Le'Veon Bell is active. You see that Daryl Williams is like, you see that they're like fully rolling and you're expecting that. You're expecting Clyde to be the lead back. And then you see Le'Veon, the, Le'Veon Bell on the field more and more. And you're like, oh, well, shit, this is not really what we game planned as. And plus, there's not a lot of film of Bell in this offense. So there are some things that they can throw at them that they just haven't used. So what happens if they're like, oh, they're just going to send pressure all the time? Fuck it. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run it through. Oh, they're going to blitz a lot off the left side? We're going to throw a screen. So that is a lot to think about when it comes to this game. The Chiefs offense has to be on their shit this game. This is actually a game that is a must win. It is. Because if the Chiefs lose this game, that's another AFC loss on the belt. The Steelers already own the conference record tiebreaker. 
because they lost to an NFC team. So you don't want to put two AFC losses on the belt because now you're just hoping that the Steelers are going to lose to two AFC teams in a row. <clears throat> That's it's not a good position to be in. So this is a must-win game. I think Tua, once again, has not fully set in to this team or fully set into the NFL, of course, because he's only been playing a few games. So he kind of banks on his team being a complete team, playing very good defense, playing very good on special teams. That's what has to happen for him to succeed. If this game, <clears throat> if this game gets to the point where <laughs> the Chiefs receive the ball and they go straight down the field under 10 plays and do what they normally do, that already puts Tua in a situation where he's he's going to have to get in and start rocking and rolling. Like, you can't lean on your defensive special teams to get you settled into the game. You got to roll because you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you, yourself, Tua has to win the game. Because if you're down 14, 17, 21 points, it's on you now. We got to throw the rock and get there. And they have players on, on offense. I'm not saying that their offense is trash. I'm not saying Tua is trash. That is just something that they're going to have to have the mentality of possibly getting into if the Chiefs come in on their bullshit and they rack up, you know, 14 to 17 points just right off the rip. Um, hell, that's what happened in Tampa Bay. That's what, t- that's what happened to the Ravens. When, and, and sometimes it just takes a touchdown. Sometimes it just takes three points for you to feel like you're rushed. You know, you can you can only be down 10-0, and then all of a sudden it feels like it's kind of throwing your game plan off, and you're down 10 points. Okay, what do, what do we do? What, what's going on? Because this is the Chiefs. We may blink our eyes, and then sooner or later, now we're down 28. Those are the things that some offenses uh, and some defenses have to worry about. And what's funny is that people have been saying that the Chiefs are very underwhelming this season um, because they're not just blowing people out. And I think the Chiefs, very similar to the Steelers, have been on cruise control. Uh, they, They know what they can do. They don't have to fucking do it all the time. It's like the Golden State Warriors. Steph doesn't have to shoot eight to ten three-pointers every game. Doesn't have to. He can go out there just, you know, have fun. Drive into the lane. Make a make a nice little clean layup. Pass the ball out. Create a distraction. Run, pick and roll. Like he he can do all that shit when he knows he doesn't have to put up 35, 40 points a game. It's the Chiefs. <laughs> but when it's clutch time, instead of sleeping through the game when it's clutch time, Mahomes turns it on. Kelsey turns it on. Tyreek turns it on. Sammy turns it on. When it's time to put the game away, Mahomes turns it on. Tyreek Matthew turns it on. You're seeing young people on defense. Legereus Sneed. Tayshawn Wharton. They all know that at some point in time, they can't be in cruise control the entire game. The Steelers have been in cruise control for quite a, quite a few games. But that's that's my that's my whole run on that game. Uh, tonight we have Patriots-Rams rematch of a previous Super Bowl. 
what a lot of people would say was the most lackluster, boring Super Bowl possible. I happen to agree. Even though I enjoy football in all of its aspects, offense, defense, and special team, this and the reason why I was so hurt by the Super Bowl is because one, it was in the city I was living in at the time, ATL. I bartended and I'd worked several Super Bowl, pre-Super Bowl events. Um, I got to go to the Super Bowl party uh, get-together that was at Centennial Park. Um, it was wide the fuck open. It was crazy. Hella DJs everywhere. They had a full concert afterwards that had like a Waka Flocka and a, a Crime Mob. and it, it was crazy. It was a crazy wide open concert. So you would think with all this going on, the perfect thing to cap this off would be a wild ass Super Bowl, even though, you know, the Patriots coming to Atlanta, you're already the you're already the heel in the situation. You are already no no one likes you in this city because of what you did to the Falcons in the Super Bowl. So every this is a program city that you're in right now. But there was a lot of people that traveled um, and then there are actual Patriots fans in Atlanta. I used to work with quite a few of them. Uh, so uh, you would think this was going to be, especially going against the Rams, which that was a year where their offense was super prolific. Aaron Donald was playing out of his mind. They were a very good team. I remember the Monday night, quote unquote, greatest, greatest uh, primetime game ever played, a greatest football game. Literally, if you go on YouTube and type that in, the NFL titled the highlight reel of that game as the greatest football game ever or something like that. I remember when that game happened and I was at work watching it at the bar and I'm like jumping up and down and moving and shaking. I don't get that way in games. Well, <laughs> depends on the game and the stipulations, but I typically don't get like that in games, especially when it's, you know, AFC versus NFC. Usually I don't, okay, let's see what our team does, but it's not that big of a deal depending on the situation. Boy, oh boy, that game had everything. <laughs> and I hate it when people are like, well, the game was so high scoring, there was no defense. You didn't watch the game. Actually, like a third of the scores were from defense, strip sacks, fumbles, all that kind of thing. I think the Rams got 14, 14 or 17 points off of defense. The Chiefs got 7 to 10, I believe, um, off of defense. Like, stop. Granted, it was 51-54, but, <laughs> but you would have thought by seeing the Rams at their pinnacle in that game that um, we, would, we would see quite the display of fireworks during the Super Bowl. It was bad. It was terrible. I watched it at a bar, and no one... No one was interested, not even the Patriots or the Rams fans. It got to the point where they're just like, bro, let's just get done with this. When you're at a bar and people are more interested in the commercials, which I mean, I know Super Bowl, like that's that's a thing. But when you're at a bar where most of the times they turn down the audio or switch it to music during commercials and then they come back with the game audio. Boy, oh boy. That shit was trash. But we see a rematch in that, of course, completely different quarterback on the Patriots side. Uh, Cam Newton has just been skating along, 
earning his million dollars. That's pretty much about it. Um, and then Jared Goff is still constantly trying to prove that he is not a liability to this team. Uh, I think um, Aaron Donald in this defense causes quite quite a stir for Cam Newton. Um, I don't think this game is going to be as close or as boring as the Super Bowl. There's a lot of people, a lot of people that were on this team um, that played in the Super Bowl. And uh, I just don't think, uh, I don't think the Patriots are going to be in this one. So I I take Rams up on this. Um, I don't know what the point spread is. I typically don't get into all that, but I think Rams are going to take this. Um, And then we get into Sunday, Titans-Jags. Are you kidding? Titans are going to win. Vikings-Buccaneers. This is going to be the game where Tom Brady comes back after a bye. Remind you guys that Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Um, The Vikings have been such a wishy-washy team. Uh, But since they've come up in the past few weeks, you're going to think that they have some kind of competition against the Bucs, and that's not going to happen. Tom Brady is going to uh, go over on this one. Broncos-Panthers. This matchup is very odd because with – Christian McCaffrey getting another injury tweak on the way coming back. It it puts a wrinkle in the fold, Uh, but this is a very interesting matchup because the Broncos defense does make things a little difficult for opposing quarterbacks, no matter who it is. Um, And (laughs) it's just odd how they win games sometimes. It really is. Uh, But I think this is a very toss-up game. I don't have anyone to pick on this one. I think it's a it's because it's a decent matchup. It actually really is a decent matchup, and you you really can't tell me what's going to be the real deciding factor on that one. So that's that. Uh, Texans Bears. I want the Texans to win just for Deshaun Watson and what happened to him last week. Um, if you haven't heard on any other episode, I am pro Deshaun Watson. Go to the Patriots. The system is now already been made. All you have to do is just upgrade from Cam Newton to Deshaun Watson, and it's going to be so much better. Um, Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles or insert who gives a fuck at quarterback. Um, they're, just, they're just not performing, so it's not worth really giving a damn who they are. Um, so Texans up on that. Cardinals-Giants. <sighs> now this is interesting because the Giants – are starting to believe in themselves and they're starting to fill themselves, which I'm not too terribly mad at, even though I want Washington to come out of this shitty NFC East. The giants are kind of making some moves and I would have never thought when Saquon Barkley got hurt, I would have never thought that somehow they would have made this shake, but they are so shit. But it's also the Cardinals. It's also Kyler Murray. It's also Larry Fitzgerald. It's also DeAndre Hopkins, Buda Baker. Uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of very talented people on that team. <sighs> you know what? Boom, boom, shake the room. I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking the New York football Giants. <laughs> Don't at me because <laughs> that that one's that one's a uh, that one's definitely on a limb. Uh, Cowboys, Bengals, who gives a fuck? Colts, Raiders. This is also a very interesting game in the AFC. Um, I'm going to take the Colts. I think they're the most complete team out of these two. Um, Raiders are playing decent ball, but 
Um, Derek Carr is always a liability to me. Uh, Phillip Rivers usually is a liability as well, but he's just playing a bit better uh, behind, you know, one of the best offensive lines in the uh, league. So you would think that he would. Uh, Jets, Seahawks, I don't have to say anything. Um, this is going to be one of those games where it's it's an ego game. Um, you know, Russell Wilson really j- just did not look good against the Giants. Uh, the Giants defense really, uh, really clamped him down for a good bit. Uh, but the Jets will not do that. The Jets will find another way to try to disguise in the fact that they're tanking. But we all know that they are. So the Seahawks will go up on that one. Packers-Lions, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to do his thing. That's it on that. <laughs> um, unless somebody rubbed the genie lamp and unleashed Matthew Stafford. Um, that's all I can really say about that. Uh, Falcons-Chargers. These are two teams that, outside of the Lions, choke the most playing against each other. I just I just don't even know how this goes. Um, I think the Chargers are going to come out a little more determined after getting completely shut out by the Patriots. Uh, the Falcons are not the Patriots when it comes to the coaching staff, so they're not going to see anything like what they saw against New England. Granted, teams are probably going to watch that tape and be like, okay, what did they do? How did they stifle Justin Herbert? Because Herbert before this was slinging the rock and literally it was on everyone else on his team on why they lost the game. But we shall see. Uh, Falcons are doing a good bit better uh, under a new head coach tutelage, which usually does happen, at least for the first few games. Um, we'll see how far it goes. I'm actually, I'm taking the Chargers on this one. I think that, um, I think Herbert and that offense is uh, going to come out a little pissed off and the fact that they literally didn't put up any points uh, last week. Falcons lost another close one to the Saints uh, last week. So it's like, that's just kind of another day at the office for them, which is kind of shitty. Uh, Washington 49ers. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I want Washington to win because I want Washington to win out in that division. Um, Also, uh, the 49ers still make it hard for you to beat them, even though you have Jimmy G and George Kittle and all these injured star players just sitting there looking at them from the stands. Uh, They still make it difficult. But Washington in that front seven, um, I, I think you get a giant boost of confidence. Now, a lot of people, especially on the broadcast, are going to say you're coming from a high emotion game of beating an undefeated team. You're probably going to fall flat your next game. I don't think so with this crew. I, I think with this crew, especially at the helm of Alex Smith, who was very used to the David and Goliath story, who was very used to going into the hotbed. I mean, come on, Alex Smith away for some reason, Alex Smith away against a top tier team is a completely different guy. And no, it may not be he throws bombs here, bombs there, gashes him there. He's got to play smarter ball now, especially because of his leg. But just Alex Smith against a <laughs> against an ugly point spread away is a different guy. And we saw fourth quarter Alex Smith at its finest. Because when it was fourth quarter and it was time to win that motherfucking game, Alex Smith was like, dot, 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 dot. Are we here? Red zone? Y'all know what it is. I was like, 
and then that boy, Alex Smith to go, man. I'm sick of y'all. Sick of y'all messing with AS11, boy. That, that motherfucker the truth. But shout out Alex Smith. Shout out Washington football team. Uh, take the NFC East, please. I would love to see y'all just get to the playoffs. Um, that'll be very humorous to me. And also, um, it would be a nice little cap off for comeback player of the year, Alex Smith. There's no questions. There's no doubts. There's no debates. Uh, Eagle Saints. Who cares? Uh, the Saints are going to win. The Eagles are going to look bad again. Now, the only thing that there is to look at this is that uh, I think Doug Peterson is trying to sabotage Jalen Hurts. I think Doug Peterson is trying to uh, – I think he is trying to prove the front office, the rest of the front office that's been wanting Jalen Hurts to play. I think he put Hurts in the worst position uh, to prove his starting role because, of course, he wants – Carson wants to play. That's why he's kept him in so long. And you decide to start him against one of the best defenses in the league. Now, if you didn't hear me on Tuesday, I'm completely against this move. I say if you pay your quarterback over $100 million, you get every cent in return in that, and you start Carson Wentz, and you at least at least get a full season out of him because you haven't yet. You have not yet to get a full season out of Carson Wentz because of injuries, because of play, whatever, whatever it may be. And now he is taking up so much of your salary, and you're like, ah, we'll sit you again. Fuck it. Come on. And you still possibly could win your division, but you're doing things like this that are going to cause you to lose games. Don't think just because the Saints are starting Taysom Hill and you and you tried to put out that Jalen Hurts would be in a Taysom Hill-like package, don't think that this is this is that game. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. So, Doug Peterson, if you are in some way sabotaging Jalen Hurts and putting him out in front of his, this defense and he goes out and balls out, Doug Peterson, <laughs> you will not be looked at it as the hero in this. I'm, I won't allow it to happen. Uh, Steelers-Bills already kind of touched on it, but this is a very important game for the Steelers, not just because uh, they just lost against the Washington football team, but because this is a Bills team that is kind of feeling themselves. They kind of want to lock down the fact that they want to win the AFC East. And if they lose this, this creeps into the conversation where the Dolphins can end up taking it. So these are two teams that are fighting for their prospective divisions. And also, if the Steelers lose, this puts the Chiefs right in prime like territory, right in the number one seed. Uh, because at that point, they will be 11-2. and two. Um, they will have lost the tiebreaker because they would lose to a fellow AFC team. And that will be that. Um, so that'll be a very interesting game to look at. Like I said, that's probably the game to look at for this week in general, uh, just to see how all that will shake out with the Dolphins, the Bills, the Steelers, the Chiefs, everything that's going on with that. Ravens-Browns is probably right, right next to it. Um, who really cares about the game? Probably just Browns fans uh, because the Ravens are, I mean, they're kind of, I don't want to say they're dead, but they're, they're, they're just not good. Lamar Jackson just hasn't been great. He hasn't impressed me. Um, he is not the Madden cover athlete. He is not 
that guy, especially when you praise somebody over less than 150 yards in, you know, in passing. Ooh, that's great. But besides that, like, what what do you want me to, to talk about with Lamar? Oh, he runs a lot? Yeah, I said he should. And their team was abandoning that entire game plan. Uh, so that's that. That's Monday. Uh, and I think the Browns will take that because the Browns are on a ego stretch and they are running, running, running. Whew. So with that, I think that's it. I think that's the show. I think I think that's everything because uh, everything that I really needed to talk about, I got off in that first 20 minutes and I'm very happy that I did. Um, are people going to be very pissed off about it? Sure, why not? Um, just make sure. Like I said several times, just make sure that uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Buffalo Bills. And that, trust me, I don't think there will be much else that's said. Just make sure that happens. And I don't think anything else will be said until the playoffs. Um, man, oh, man. But I just I just hope that happens. Like I said, there's very few times where I said I hope that they win. And that's where I'm at right now. Um, other than that. Uh, check out my YouTube channel for my review on the Kate Bishop DLC for the Marvel's Avengers game. Um, it's I find it comical that the first time that I do a review on a video game uh, on my current YouTube channel, which usually houses my wrestling uh, content and my wrestling matches, it already has more views than half of the wrestling matches that are posted on there. I, I find that super comical, but... <laughs> Uh, go check that out. Like it, comment, subscribe, all that. Um, there'll be full game reviews. So that that review on YouTube is just talking about the DLC of Kate Bishop. Where is the state of the game, uh, you know, during this and after that? And where is it projected to go? Um, also, some bugs here or there and gameplay issues that I've found. And basically, you know, how I, I feel about the game at this point. So check that out. And then... Um, on this page on Podbean will be full game reviews, uh, Spider-Man Avengers. Uh, we're going to get to Cyberpunk uh, 2077 whenever I end up, you know, being able to get it. Um, I know that's super hot right now. Uh, we've all been waiting years for this game. Um, so we'll see where that goes. And uh, we're just going to watch football and enjoy it as much as we can this week because... How COVID is going, especially with that whole Dez Bryant situation that happened. If you missed it, Dez was warming up on the field before Ravens Cowboys and then got called to go get tested and then got tested positive some, somehow. Um, and he was the only player that was pulled. He was the only player that got taken out of the game. Um, and by the time game started, he was at home or... I don't, I don't know where he was, but he was just live tweeting pretty much with the game, drinking some wine and, you know, telling his fans to toast with them and all them things. So they they got him in and out very quick. It was very interesting that it was against the Cowboys, his former team. Very interesting that it was just him and there's no contact tracing or anything that is done. So it'll be interesting to come up if he truly did test positive. What would happen in the next week or two if the Ravens have another positive uh, fiasco that happens? So with that, I'm out. I appreciate y'all. I will see y'all next Tuesday on the Voice of Fandom podcast. Like I said, check out my YouTube channel, Adrian Armour. 
for that game uh game clip review that i was talking about did some um gameplay on that and of course a voiceover talking about how i feel we'll be doing a little more of those as i upgrade my technology to allow me to do so um and then sooner or later we'll just start you know streaming games i guess i don't know a lot of people want to see um games of me playing madden like i used to i used to stream playing madden games but i didn't have like a, a mic or anything like that uh so that that will be quite a tremendous upgrade uh, also, people want to see me play 2K and Avengers as well. So um, as this goes, as people comment, as people hit me up on Twitter, maybe we'll get some Twitter followers together and we'll jump in game together. But until that time, I will see you on Tuesday. Let's try not to be too sensitive through the weekend. Let's just make sure our teams win our football games. That's all I got to say. Thank you for listening to the Voice of Fandom podcast. You can join live every Tuesday and Thursday by downloading the Podbean app or listen to audio playback exclusively through the Kansas City Podcast Network, available by app download or anywhere else you choose to listen to your podcasts. If you're completing a degree in community college and want to take the next step to a four-year degree, or you're not satisfied with the college you're currently attending, we want to see you at College of St. Mary in Omaha. We make it easy to transfer your credits and have financial aid and scholarships available. Plus, we cover the costs of your textbooks for the first semester. Get the support you need to finish your degree faster. Make the transfer to College of St. Mary. Apply today at csm.edu. We all know that the only way to top the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew is with velvety new sweet cold foam from Dunkin'. But how do you top that? With an exclusive offer for DD Perks members. Get a medium chocolate stout cold brew with sweet cold foam, cold brew with sweet cold foam, or cold brew for $3. It's the perfect deal to top off the perfect top to the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew. Doesn't that sound great? Not a DD Perks member? Join today via the Duncan app. America runs on Duncan. Participation may vary. Limited time offer.